into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com, get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found at GaryAshton.com. Superbook Sports, plug in the promo code ATOZA2Z in the Superbook Sports app, and they'll match your first bet up to $250. All the best odds, boosts, and promo bets available at Superbook Sports. And TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch, your first workout is free as a Middle Tennessee resident, whether it's personal training or their group classes. No better workout for you than TrueMathFitness.com. So uh, as we look at a couple of different things, um, uh, Christopher Young says, Chig won me over today. I don't know if you're talking about the the radio interview specifically or uh, if you had the opportunity to attend practice or if there was something else that you saw, Christopher, that that is the reason why you feel Chig won you over. Um, I think that uh, I think that when you uh, when you look at the guys who have a lot of responsibility on this roster, and we've talked about how much easier things get for these guys, these young players, with DeAndre Hopkins' presence on the roster, Chig is somebody who is still going to have a tremendous amount of responsibility heading into 2023, despite going into only his second year. You know, I think that when you talk about guys who figure to have a larger role than another player, for example, you know, Lucas and I put this on a, a poll question today for the radio show, the idea of who who might have a bigger role in the offense this year. And I think I could make the argument for Chig, given everything that they require from the tight end position between Chig and Traylon Burks. But uh, I think that uh, I think that when you talk about all the different uh, all the different elements of this, all the th- different things that the tight end position is responsible for, and basically what they have right now in the tight end room, that Chig stands to be in a position at least to make a lot of plays for this football team heading into this season. Um, a lot of you guys are asking me questions about Levis's performance at practice today. Uh, I, you know, it's my understanding that he did have a good day. Here's what I'll tell you about my uh, my vantage point from practice. William Brown says, no talk about Levis throwing five touchdowns today. Three of them were in the red zone, seven on seven. Um, but here's the thing. Like, they have three practice fields at St. Thomas Sports Park. Uh, so my radio show setup is on the first practice field. Now, I can go over during a commercial break, and, you know, I've got long commercial breaks. They're about seven minutes long on the radio station. So I can walk over to the third field when they're on the far field. Uh, But when they are on the third field and I'm on the first field the way that we were today, there's limited visibility. So uh, basically, I had as many observations from, uh, I would say, about the second hour of practice. Saw a lot of the first hour, mostly team stuff that we're not uh, that we're not allowed to video. Um, But I did hear that Levis did well in the red zone drills on the third field today. But again, my visibility was not great. And since I talked to Chig on the radio show, I figured I'd talk about Chig because I'm sure Austin uh, will talk about the uh, the Levis situation tomorrow morning. Um, Pretty Boy Lipschitz says he didn't throw an inaccurate pass all practice. Well, again, you know, that's entirely possible. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it's it's entirely possible, but if not, good for him. That's, a, uh, that's an improvement on the first three days of practice where he's been trying to kind of figure out his uh, his touch on the ball. So, uh, uh, you know, we will uh, we'll talk more about Levis. Le- oh, by the way, speaking of Levis, he's on the radio show on Thursday. So uh, we'll have Rashad Weaver on. Uh, we'll have Rashad Weaver tomorrow. We'll have Will Levis on the radio show on Thursday. 
And so we can talk about a lot of these things. And obviously on Thursday, prior to the radio show, starting when we're out there for practice, I will go out and uh, I'll go out and specifically watch Levis. Specifically today, I watched Chig because I knew it was going to have him. Friday, we did Spears, all these different things. So if you want to hear from Will Levis about how his training camp uh, work has gone so far, you can listen to him with me on Thursday at about 11 o'clock after they conclude practice. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's talk, though, about Chig at this point and get into a conversation about the Titans, Titans tight end group. Uh, I think that he is somebody who's going to draw a lot of scrutiny this year for obvious reasons. So let's talk about it within the context of the Titans offense. What are your expectations for Chig in year two? On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, we will discuss at length together. You can give me your answers in the comment section and we'll certainly get to some of them. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. As always, it's presented by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service. Nobody has better uh, customer service or quality American-made Ford vehicles than Two Rivers Ford. Go test drive an F-150, a Ford Bronco, a 2023 Ford Explorer like I drive. You can custom order. You can buy on the lot no matter how you like to shop. Two Rivers Ford has you covered. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Uh, so, first day of pads today. There was a lot of action going on. Offensive line has been a, a talking point of the first couple of days. Uh, tight ends getting the opportunity to block and get involved in that. Some semblances of the run game, for those of you guys who are asking. First day of pads is always exciting, and they had a, a few fans out there to kind of give some juice to the practice. Um, but what we uh, what we saw from the offensive line, I thought they, you know, I thought that they. it's been kind of, an interesting day-to-day proposition right now. The defensive line has looked better in the early going. The offensive line is still getting to know each other, still trying to feel things out. And again, it's their first day in pads. But I didn't think they were bad by any stretch of the imagination. I thought there were some nice pockets. You could tell uh, from even from our vantage point, you could see you know Ryan Tannehill. Now, Ryan Tannehill did throw his first interception of training camp today. Sean Murphy bunting in the back of the end zone. Hopkins, I believe, was the intended target. Um, nice play on the ball by Murphy Bunning in the back of the end zone. This was during seven on seven in red zone. Uh, but yeah, you got the pads on. You saw what the Titans running game might look like. You saw what the offensive line group might look like in a in a more full sample size. And uh, certainly Mike Vrabel seemed pleased with how the team handled that. And the offensive line was not a major talking point of, oh, wow, Jeff and Arden Key are winning on a regular basis up front. This is something that uh, that you know, has been a talking point for the last couple of days. The offensive line didn't leave, at least today anyway, with that being the main talking point about Brunskill or Dillard or guys who you have questions about. I, I think Skaronsky might be the thing that I trust most on that line. And I know it's just one day of full pads practice, but damn, he is just consistently technically sound and never in the wrong place. You can see why the coaching staff thinks so highly of him and why they might be reticent to move him outside. But we're here to talk about tight ends. So tight ends at this point, uh, tight ends, you look at the room that they've got and the guys who project to be on this team. So not necessarily doing 53-man roster projections right now, but Trayvon Wesco, who was brought in to be Jeff Swain, blocking tight end. Chigakonkwo was the move tight end. Uh, Wesco inline tight end. Then you have uh, Austin Wiley, who, uh, excuse me, Josh Wiley. I don't know why Austin Wiley, I think, is an offensive lineman for the Chief a couple of years ago. And I keep calling him Austin Wiley, and that's probably not going to stop until I, you know, embarrass myself 
in front of Josh Wiley. So I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. But Josh Wiley, the rookie fifth-round pick, former wide receiver, not somebody who I think you should expect to see on the field a ton beyond special teams. Uh, I'm sure they'll have opportunities for him to get on the field on offense. But uh, for what he needs to do within this offensive system, you know, it kind of took Chig a little while to get on the field for that reason. I think Wiley is probably somebody who you should look at with similar with a similar timeline. Um, so talking to Chig today, uh, talking to Chig today about kind of where things are for him now heading into year two versus where he was as a rookie, you can tell, but whether it's him, whether it's Burks, I, I haven't talked to Phillips yet during this training camp, but just generally these year two guys seem so much more comfortable in their own skin. Uh, I mean, how much different, honestly, is, is it from year one to year two? Because at, at a certain point, I got to imagine, you know, your, your head is spinning coming in as a rookie with all the different things that are going on both on the field and off the field. And at this point, it just seems like y'all got the routine down. Yeah, man, year one, it feels like a never-ending spiral, man. It just keeps going, keeps going. Because, you know, everything is new. Every week is new because every week is just a new thing. But now it's like year two, you've already seen everything in year one, and you know what to expect. And then, you know, the playbook, obviously, you're not re- you're not learning a whole playbook. You're just kind of brushing up the stuff that you already know. So, yeah, definitely can play a lot faster, live a lot easier, have less <laughs> less less anxiety. Breathe, breathe in a little easier? Breathe, breathe right, so easier. What's the, what's the height of rookie anxiety? What was that moment for you last season? Height of rookie anxiety? Uh, I got I to gotta imagine there's a, a few points that probably come to mind throughout the course of a season, uh, given how much longer it is from college to pro. Man, I don't even—I can't even remember. I think just probably out. like the first—the first part of the year, man. Like the, when you first go into the game for the first time, and like you're first in the huddle and you're first hearing the play, it's like in your mind, it's like, what if I forget every play? <laughs> it's like, every play I've ever known. Every play that I, we practiced for the past three months. What if I just forgot everything? But then you know, you you just calm down and you go out there and play. But yeah. So that's Chick Conquo uh, on the radio show today. I thought he was I thought he was really enjoyable. I thought he was really relaxed. I thought he was pretty open about you know how he felt uh, in the confidence in in himself and his teammates and you know where his rookie class is heading into year two for them. So uh, worth checking out. The uh, full interview is on the 104.5 the Zone YouTube page and also if you subscribe to the radio show's podcast feed, you can listen to the full interview all of the training camp interviews uh, that we've done so far there. Rand Carthon, Sean Murphy Bunting, Chigaconquo, and Tajay Spears. Tomorrow, Rashad Weaver. Thursday, Will Levis. So uh, that will be, um, you know, there's always good conversation there for you guys to get you uh, to get you to uh, to help you get to know your football team a little better. So expectations for Chig in year two, um, you know, to look at what his production was in year one, he played in all 17 games, whether that was special teams or on offense, and started in eight of them as that kind of got later in the year. Uh, you could see, obviously, what a difference he made in terms of playmaking ability once he got out there. And, you know, by his own admission, it, it took him a little while to, to get comfortable. He felt like around week five or week six, I think he told me the commanders or the, the Colts game is – uh, when he started to kind of, you know, feel like, all right, I got this. I can regularly contribute. I can get out there and I can run with these guys. Um, last year, 450 yards, 32 receptions on 46 targets. So caught about, you know, just under 70% of the passes thrown his way. Three touchdowns on the year. Had a couple of rushing attempts 
as well. Uh, he had, uh, he had, uh, only is, Oh, really only two rushing attempts last year. Um, so not a ton, but, uh, average 26.5 yards per game throughout the course of the season, uh, playing in all 17 of those games. So not a huge contributor. And so uh, easy to see how he might be able to take a statistically decent step. Now you have uh, an inline tight end in Wesco, who I think is going to be a nice compliment, who's going to allow them to do a lot more with Chig. I think Kevin Rader probably makes this roster again, who was a tight end, but really more a fullback uh, for this team after they moved on from Tory Carter out of LSU. I think that, you know, it's easy. I'm not necessarily going to put statistical production on it because, you know, one would assume that statistically is he, he is going to produce more in, you know, most of those categories as the primary tight end than he did last year. I don't think that's a, uh, an unfair assumption to make provided that he stay healthy. But like for Chig, I imagine that Chig is going to be talked about in the same way that Johnu Smith was talked about. Like if we're talking about expectations, Chig is the next Johnu. I mean, Delaney is not a fair comparison because Delaney Walker was, uh, you know, a top of his class, probably top tight end for, several of the years that uh, he was in the NFL. But in terms of those, the, the physical size, the skill set, I have the expectation that in his offense and in this offense, you'll see 2019, 2020, Jonu Smith, right? I think that those guys have similar skill sets. I think you can tell that by the way that they look, by the way that they play. Um, I know Chig has talked about emulating Jonu's game a little bit and then Jonu, you know, Delaney before that. So, my expectation is that this guy becomes Jonu Smith, um, peak Jonu Smith, not the Jonu Smith who who petered out pretty, pretty catastrophically in, with the New England Patriots. He'll have more opportunities, right? He needs to be on the field more for him to be able to showcase that skill set. Uh, and, you know, for obvious reasons, he's going to be more, he's going to be out on the field on a more regular basis this year. A to Z Sports Primetime is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com and get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge is what you need. Don't sell without the Intel at GaryAshton.com. They also make the uh, A to Z Sports Titans Tuesday Q&A that we do on the Instagram story possible as well. So you can check that out uh, right after you wrap up at GaryAshton.com. So uh, as you look at uh, Mr. Jones says, Chig, Burks, D-Hop, D-Henry are all big plays waiting to happen. I mean, we played for you a, a couple of a couple of days ago. At some point last week, I think it was probably Wednesday or Thursday. Greg Cosell talking about this offense and saying, "Yeah, if they can if they can get average to even slightly above average offensive line play, this football team's got a little something, right? They're not they're not a bad football team by any stretch of the imagination. They're an interesting offense or collection of offensive skill position players. Um, but the offensive line has to get right. Now, I saw a couple of you asking about right tackle today, Jamarco Jones." Uh, was the right tackle today, uh, primarily. Um, you are seeing them mix and match a little bit. Jalen Duncan has seen reps at right tackle. OJ, uh, John uh, Ojuku, uh, Ojuku, I think is how you pronounce the last name. Either way, Fravel calls him OJ, 61. Uh, he has gotten some reps at right tackle. And you also have uh, Hubbard, who uh, the uh, free agent acquisition from Friday, who uh, is starting to work in on that competition as well. So, um you know, the right tackle competition, I think it's going to be ongoing. It, th it seems like, you know, in the same way that Dylan Radens was given the opportunity basically to lose that job 
from the start of camp. It was his job at the start of camp. And then basically he just, you know, he continued to have opportunities, continued to miss on those opportunities and was ultimately taken out of the lineup. Um, you know, I don't know if that happens with Jamarco Jones. He might be the best option that you have. But uh, right now it looks like Jones is going to be given the first couple of opportunities to kind of secure this position. And then should he not, um, you know, they've, they've obviously got some options that they might try. Uh, you know, Jalen Duncan, I think, is the is the most, you know, unknown deal here, right? He's not played right tackle. Uh, I don't believe other than uh other than um, you know, what what we're starting to see from him in practice. Uh, I have not talked to him uh at this point in camp, but uh that would be a cure. I think that's probably something I'll do. I would say I'd probably do it at practices this weekend just because it gets kind of hectic with the with the radio show um, during the week for me to go out there and, and talk to players individually. was able to talk to a lot of different guys on Saturday because, you know, when practice ends, they bring a player over to the to the radio show setup. We do the interview while other media members are picking players off the field. So um, I'll probably save that for Duncan for this weekend when we don't have to worry about the radio show uh during practice while we're out there so uh michael smith says hubbard will be the starter uh you know jamarco jones has, has started some games at, at tackle um hubbard has two they've both been in the league for a little while now i know chris hubbard is a uh he's i think in his ninth year or 10th year at this stage of his career he's uh he's somebody who's almost always been regarded as a backup but you know that's just kind of the option this is ultimately a backup situation that you're having to account for because your starter has already been removed for the first six games of the season. Uh, Texas Titans says play selection is going to be integral in helping the offensive line this year too. Uh, yes. I think that, uh, I think that there's a lot of, uh, I think that there's a lot of things that can be done to benefit this offensive line group as they kind of figure things out. But, you know, at a certain point, they're going to have to coalesce and uh, try and put this thing together if this offense is going to have a real chance to succeed. So let's uh, let's get into uh, a discussion about um, which new Titan not named DeAndre Hopkins are you most excited to watch in 2023? That can be a free agent, an undrafted player. Uh, it can be one of the members of the rookie class. We uh, are going to talk about which new addition to this football team not named Hopkins Hopkins is an easy one I think everybody's excited to watch Hopkins we'll discuss these things together which one not named DeAndre Hopkins are you most excited to watch in 2023 uh we will get into that on Facebook YouTube Twitter and on Twitch right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by True Math Fitness in the Gulch go to truemathfitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident the best group workout classes, 40 minutes about in length, morning, afternoon, and evening, always with the best coaching staff around. No workout ever recycled or repeated to help you keep continuing to push your physical fitness and to better yourself along the way. I love the experience that I've had at TrueMath Fitness. I know you will too. Get out, get all of their great membership options or try one of their workouts for free as a Middle Tennessee resident at TrueMathFitness.com. So uh, who are you most excited to watch at this point uh, of the newcomers that are here? Lane, uh, I always butcher your last name, Lane, so I'm just going to say Lane. Lane says Aziz Alshair uh, is who I assume he's talking about. 
Um, the inside linebacker, you're going to have two different starting inside linebackers. At this point with uh, David Long and Zach Cunningham's departures, Doc, uh, Dr. Gibby, Jack Gibbons, has been seeing a lot of the reps uh, as of late as opposed to Monty Rice. I think a lot of people just kind of penciled Monty Rice in for that job to replace Cunningham, uh, where Al Sher is looked at more in the David Long role. Yeah, I think they might mess around and give Dr. Gibby a little bit of run here. Um, I know we talked to Vrabel about that today. Uh, Vrabel wasn't very specific as to what's differentiating the two of them. I think uh, he did mention towards the end of his answer, though, about the difference in skill set between those two players, uh, that Gibbons is a little uh, a little faster, a little longer. Um, but it is interesting to kind of see that dynamic playing out because, you know, I, Listen, undrafted guys make a name for themselves all the time. But Monty Rice is a third-round pick out of Georgia. This is somebody who I think was looked at as, you know, theoretically the next David Long, Jayon Brown, even though he's not quite the same skill set. He's more of a thumper than those two are. He, The other two, much better in coverage than I think Monty Rice is, which is why you have Al Sher in a skill set like that. But, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, it sounds like Gibby is uh, – it sounds like Gibby is is an interesting uh, is an interesting case study, an interesting place to watch. Okay, uh, said Gibbons is longer, Rice is faster. Thank you uh, for correcting me on that. Uh, he did he did play well. Gibbons did in in some spots. I think he played uh, the majority of his snaps in the Cowboys game. And uh, if I recall, did Doctor Gibby have an interception in the Cowboys game? I wanted. I mean, I know Dak was throwing some picks. I need to uh, look that up really quickly because I want to say that Jack Gibbons did have an interception in that game. He only played in five games, started two. He did. Some of it, he did have a pick. Uh, it doesn't say on pro football reference. I don't have game logs in front of me uh, in ways that are not going to make for compelling streaming content. But I do believe that that interception was off of Dak Prescott against, uh, let's see. No. Uh, interception against the Houston Texans. Okay, Houston Texans is when he had that interception. Uh, played in five games down the stretch. His first game in Jacksonville on special teams and then started to get some defensive snaps as the season wore on. So, uh, you know, worth watching. We're talking about uh, we're talking about competition at the inside linebacker spot. It seems like they're going to give Gibbons an opportunity. We'll see whether or not he ultimately ends up uh, winning that game. Uh, Bert reminds me that Bayard had two interceptions in the Cowboys game in week 17. So that interception for Gibbons was against the Texans, a game that Tennessee ultimately went on to lose at home. Uh, all right. Michael Smith says, excited to see uh, how Tannehill plays this year. His job is on the line. Well, I mean, we talked about this on the radio show today. Like, his job's not on the line. I mean, the the future sustainability of his career here. Yes, and he might play out of his mind. Uh, he would have to play out of his mind to be able to, uh, I think, to be able to prolong his contract situation here. He's not like, he's not in danger of losing his job right now. He's going to be the starting quarterback. The only thing that, again, the only thing that's going to keep Ryan Tannehill from being the starting quarterback in 2023 is injury. So, you know, he's he's in a weird spot, right? It is a contract year. Theoretically, you're right. His job is, quote-unquote, on the line. 
Um, but he, it's not really like he's going to have a job in the NFL for more years beyond this one, whether it's here or elsewhere is the question. And, and we'll see where he's at at age 35, you know, not all quarterbacks can sustain the way that we talk about with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who are uh, Drew Brees, who are kind of resetting the standard as of late, but those guys aren't standards. Those are hall of famers. Tannehill's had a great career for damn near 14 years in the NFL um michael jones wants to know what will get him a new contract you you mean here um yeah i mean he would have to you know he would it would have to be something like 2019 2020 Tannehill efficiency and and effectiveness for that to be a, i think in a in consideration um but i think he's for sure i mean i'm certain it'll get a contract elsewhere whether it's here or not is the is the question um but yeah i mean he would it would have to look something similar or it have to it would have to resemble what he was able to accomplish in 2019 and 2020. 2020 was he was a top three quarterback by any measure. Uh, he was great. Uh, Major Key says, "Are they raising Malik's stock to trade him?" I mean, listen, if if anybody's raising Malik's stock, it's it's him. Uh, Levis, uh, again, I didn't I didn't see everything in in seven on seven today or in eleven on. I saw a little bit eleven on eleven because they were on the first field for a portion of practice, and then they moved over to the third field, which is further away from the radio show setup. Um, so I don't, I, it sounded like Levis had the better day. I didn't actually see, uh, m enough to determine one way or the other. I know Mike Vrabel talked about how much he enjoyed it. The, uh, the, uh, enjoyed, enjoyed, uh, the, I don't, I, how did I say that the first time? I don't even know if I could enjoyed it. Good. You know, it's been a long day anyway. Uh, <laughs> Mike Vrabel said that he enjoyed the competition between the two quarterbacks, um at this point on the field and that has been interesting to watch play out but uh you know I think that if anybody is capable of raising Malik stock it's not the organization it's it's him uh, he'll have to accomplish that and you know I mean that's not something that has to happen this summer they can roll into 2023 with three quarterbacks and if they can move him uh if they can move him towards the trade deadline and he's he uh, you know god forbid quarterbacks injury quarterback injuries happen elsewhere you know, there's always a compelling case for him. And, you know, we could see how this, he may not make the roster. He may make the roster. It's it's really interesting to see how this is going to play out. Uh, but the newcomer that I'm most excited to uh, watch in 2023, I think, is another player that's been on the radio show. I mentioned we talked to Tajay Spears on Friday. Um, I think he's, you know, I've talked about this before. I think that dude is coming here to get some, you know, to get some touches, not just in the passing game, not just on third down, but I think he's going to carry the ball some. How they work him in with Derrick Henry, you know, that remains to be seen. Uh, so what can you tell us about this team's buy-in and this team's identity right now? I know it's, you know, it's early as hell in training camp, and you try not to get too ahead of your skis at any given point. But for the audience who doesn't get the opportunity to come out here and watch you all on a regular basis and is getting excited for the season, what kind of can you let them in on at this point? Um, I feel like um, they they had a great culture going here, you know, before I came, and also we still building towards it, and like we definitely we definitely working towards it. So like we definitely, you know, willing to put the work in and also uh, buying buying to it as a team. I feel like we gonna we gonna be off to a good start. And we gonna have a, you know we gonna be good. I uh, I had Murphy Bunting over here. Yes, or I guess that would have been Wednesday after practice, and uh, ran came over and did a little bit of the show. They told me that Sean is a part of the shoe police in the locker room, that he's out here copping people's or scoping people's shoes out, making sure that they're right on a regular basis. 
scouting out people's fit. Do you, have you been got by the shoe police yet? In the no, I didn't. I didn't. I don't plan on being got. No, either. but you you got it though. Uh, you yeah. got you got that though. Oh uh, yeah, I got it. You got to figure it out. Yeah. So like, all right, I'm gonna have you evaluate mine because I hid mine under the table Uh-oh. from him. Uh-oh. I got my high top my uh, high top Nikes out here, but they're creased. Would the shoe police bust me yeah, if that, I was in the locker room? Uh, it's tough. Because it's training you camp. Like you, you try not to wear shoes like that out here. Yeah, man, you seem like you're cool, but they're going to definitely get you, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tajay Spears. Uh, it came up to me on Saturday at practice. I had a different pair of shoes on. He said they'd get, they would have gotten me on Saturday, too. So, apparently, I can do no right in the eyes of the shoe police out of Titans practice. Um, but he is, he is going to be an interesting player, right? Dontrell Hilliard is not on this football team anymore. They're going to have to have somebody – who can contribute as a running back in the passing game. And, you know, as they look for whatever the future beyond Derrick Henry, whether it's next season, whether it's two seasons, three, whatever, what at whatever point Derrick Henry is not on the Titans roster anymore. And they start to evaluate what their future running back looks like. I, you know, he is as interesting a, a, a player to watch this year as, you know, you talk about replacing Tannehill. Is Tajay Spears a legitimate option to start or, uh, present a replacement plan for Derrick Henry. Doesn't have to do it all himself, but can he be a piece of the puzzle? That remains to be seen. All right, time for in case you missed it. We're going to bring Bert on here. Bert will, uh, I'm sure, you know, I, it's always disappointing that he feels the need to put on a shirt for this segment. I think that people demand that he, I think that people prefer he do, do it shirtless on a regular basis, but we'll see what Bert has to offer us. Apparently it is Derrick Henry related for in case you missed it. Today, right after I remind you that Superbook Sports makes the primetime show possible. They are the best in the business, the best sports book app out there. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZ, get your first bet matched up to $250. Nobody has better odds boosts or promo bets than Superbook Sports. Uh, so let us see what Bert has to offer us today for in case you missed it. Hey, bud. Hey, I'm going to let you know, I would have got got by the shoe police, too, because you know every day what I'm rocking. And boys right there. Let me get a sponsorship. Croc, if you're out there, it's all I wear. It's the only shoe I wear. I would wear this to a funeral, a wedding. It does not matter to me. Burt's Croc, let me get an exclusive pair. How about it? You think think you're getting a, a shoe deal with Crocs? Look at me. I am Crocs clientele, 100%. But with the shoe police, because Crocs, Crocs are commonplace in, in an NFL locker room. Like, they, you know, these are people's shower shoes. These are comfort shoes. These are casual shoes. I, I like Crocs. I think Crocs are fine. I think that you might get a pass unless your Crocs are, like, noticeably tattered, which I imagine yours are. Um <laughs> I run them till the wheels fall off. I like when they're about <laughs> even with the ground. And it's not, it's we, we, Bert Lucas and I went out the other weekend, uh, and Lucas's hair was askew very, very much at, uh, at the, uh, the venue that we were at. And Bert's hair reminds me of that tonight. I, <laughs> this is why I'm assuming that, or you've been electrocuted. I'm not it's certain. Like, it's all what? the angles, man. It's the angles. I'm not really, like, it's not really that bad. It's frightening either way. Uh, go ahead. What have you brought us this week? Uh, besides the shoe police, there have been a lot of storylines running rampant over Titans training camp. One of those, I didn't feel like we got a definitive answer to that question until today. Now, before I broach this question, I want to let you know, Mike Vrabel has spoken on this, and I think his word should be pretty close to gospel. 
<laughs> That's rough, dude. You can't <laughs> actually like push my glasses up. Mike Vrabel spoke on this. How many children would it take to tackle Derrick Henry? What does Mike Vrabel think? 35. You want to try it? <laughs> yeah, can we try it? Sure, as long as you're one of the five-year-olds. That <laughs> might be counted as uh, child abuse. <laughs> Lord, I want to see Derrick Henry stomp on some children. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> I, I need to see him just run through waves of children. And he's just backhanding people like uh, like that when they went into Mordor. Anyway, we got to see that today at training camp, Buck. But before I show you the video, I want to know how many you think. It would take to take down Derek. You know, I imagine it's like a scene in 300 where they, they have the, bo the body or the wall made of bodies. I, I would imagine that there would be a wall made of five-year-old bodies would be the only thing capable of stopping Derek Henry. They don't have to be, you know, alive or dead, your choice. I suppose, but I would say uh, I would say at least five hundred five year olds to stop Derrick Henry. <laughs> well, you know what? Today, luckily, the cameras were rolling, and we got to see how many kids it took. <laughs> him to truck stick those children so bad just hold that right trigger down Derek just lay that boom into those kids right I bet even the parents there even the parents in the way weren't weren't handling none of it dude I would pay how much does it would it take you think for us to just get a very tight corridor of children maybe like <laughs> volunteers think about how cool that'd be when you grow up you got to say you got stiff armed into the ground by Derek Henry do you I think remember we could do uh do you remember um Oh, Dylan, what's what's the Green Bay running backs uh, name? AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon tackling the mascot at a Green Bay minor <laughs> league. That's yeah. that's a grown ass man in a in a in a protect well not protective necessarily but in a costume that one would think offers some degree of protection from whatever contact you might take. No. That grown ass man was thrown, thrown <laughs> <laughs> because. A.J. Dillon didn't understand that they were asking him to do football, but not really do football. A.J. Dillon doesn't understand the difference yeah. between doing football, but not the only kind of doing football. Nor does Derrick Henry. If you told Derrick Henry, hey, go do football on those five-year-olds, it would be a bloodbath. It would be a massacre. There would be bodies askew flying through the air like something in a cartoon. <laughs> And I'm here for it. I don't know how we set that up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like, what about if, what if it's bigger children? What if we got like ten year olds? That way, it's a little closer. It's like, it's like, uh, this is like you you going to like a little person boxing event for fun is basically what you're trying to propagate. I've always said, if I was going to fight anybody, I'd love for it to be a no-armed man. Let a no-armed man talk to me. I'm all about the advantages. Anyway, Derrick Henry could mow through as many kids as it would take. That uh, is, that is the, the answer is no. There's no the limit does not exist. There are there no amount of five year olds that can stop that man. I knew you were a mean girls guy. I could tell. <laughs> all right, buddy. Appreciate it.
You can't sit with us. That's Bert. You can hear him tomorrow on Ramon, Kayla, and Will on 104.5 The Zone before our radio show starts live from training camp. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Have a great rest of your evening. Uh, radio show tomorrow, as I mentioned, Rashad Weaver is on the show. Will Levis on Thursday. So we'll look forward to having those conversations in the next couple of days. If you're out at training camp tomorrow, look forward to seeing you guys. I know some of you uh, season ticket holders are going to be out there uh, and enjoying the sights and the sounds. Prime time tomorrow at 8 p.m. in the meantime. See you guys. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit and i was in miami with my new beach house well it was a couple minutes from the beach it's been 20 years since then we haven't been too strong in the last few years oh we've been strong we're just playing by the rules you can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show